3: So today, as we go through our study so far, we've looked at the first six chapters of Nehemiah. And here's what we've seen. I'll write this down. This is big point number one there, that the physical walls are completed. This whole story has been about these walls that have been destroyed for 130 years. The Jews are in exile uh, Nehemiah was serving as a cupbearer in the land of Babylon, that was conquered by the Persians, and he's serving a heathen king by the name of Artaxerxes. And he gets a report that Jerusalem, 130 years later, is still lying in ruin. And he somehow, with God's blessing, gets the king's favor, and Nehemiah returns about a thousand miles back to Jerusalem where he organizes all the people, and they begin to rebuild those walls. And last week, we looked at that those walls were completed in 52 days. And we looked at last week that it happened because of four things. One is the extraordinary leadership of Nehemiah. Secondly, the people all got together and came up on that wall and worked shoulder to shoulder Number three, the, the people were persistent that in spite of the, the troublemakers, Samballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, they, they would not quit. They did not give up. Even though they were threatened, they stayed on that wall and finished that task. And the fourth reason why those walls were completed was because God's hand of blessing was upon that entire project. So in the middle of our study, which we've been in for a couple of months, Chapter 6, write this down, is the completion of the walls. Chapter 7 is a company of the leaders. But chapter 8, we come to chapter 8, which is where the people made a commitment to the Word of God. Chapter 7 is an important chapter. It identifies the people of God. It identifies the people who benefited from those walls. But chapter 8 is of even greater importance because write this down, even though the physical walls were completed, what was needed most was the spiritual element. Worship was what was needed. In other words, having physical walls, doors and gates, is only a part of the restoration process. What was needed most, what was critical, was the restoration of the spiritual So in chapter 8, we see what's most important to Nehemiah as a leader. We see what's most important to Israel as a people. And we're going to see what should be most important to the United States of America, what should be most important to you, and what should be most important to me. It's time, and I hope you're listening, to fix what initially caused that city to be destroyed in the first place. So write this down. The first thing that happened here is they requested the Word of God. I want you to take your Bibles, and we'll start reading there at the beginning of chapter 8. It says that when the seventh month came, and the Israelites had all settled in, the Bible says that all the people assembled as one man. That means they were united in the square right before... The water gate. The people told Ezra, the scribe, bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So, the first thing that we see in Nehemiah's day after the walls were completed, the very first thing that happens, the people request, bring out the book. Number two, write this down. Then they read the book. I want you to look at verse two and three. So, on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, He brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand, just like today, we have an assembly here with both men and women. Now look at verse 3. The Bible says that he read it aloud from daybreak till when? Till noon. As he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men and women and others who could understand. I want you to truly understand the magnitude and the detail of what you just read. For six hours, from daybreak till 12 o'clock noon, he read from the Word of God. The people said, bring us the book. They gathered as one assembly, and they read it for six hours. God's Word is an instruction manual. It's a lifesaver. It is a blueprint for your life. The Bible is God's love letter to you they requested it, they read it. Number three, write this down. They were receptive to it because the Bible says that they listened attentively. The second part of verse three says, and all the people listened attentively. You see that word? They listened attentively to the book of the law. They requested the word. They read the word. They were receptive to the word letter d write this down watch this they had reverence for the for the book they had reverence one of the most important parts to this whole story is this these next two verses it says that ezra the scribe he stood on a high wooden platform that was built for this occasion and look at verse five it says that ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them and as he opened it the people all stood up the people of god there in nehemiah's day they requested it they read it they were receptive they had reverence for it and number five write this down they responded to it in many different ways we've already seen two ways they stood and they listened attentively And if you look at verse 6, Nehemiah 8, it says that Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people, they lifted their hands and they responded, amen and amen. Raising of your hands is a sign of surrender. Raising your hands is a sign of thanksgiving. Raising your hands is a sign of saying to the Lord, Lord, I am yours. And the people, they raised their hands as the word was being read. They, they raised their hands and they shouted, Amen and Amen, which means, I agree, I agree. It means, so be it. It means that's truth. And I, I agree with what you're saying. It's truthful. Amen and Amen. They couldn't help themselves. They stood, they listened, they raised their hands, they said amen and amen. And number four, they worshiped the author of this book. It says at the end of verse 6 that they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Oh, I want you to notice the focus was not on Nehemiah. The focus was not on Ezra the scribe. Certainly the focus was not on Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. The focus was not on man. The focus was on God, as it should be. Whenever you get out of your car and you walk into this building, you're not coming in here to be entertained. You shouldn't be coming in here to watch a show. You shouldn't be coming in here to listen to a pastor. You're entering here to open up the Bible, to study the Bible, to listen to the word of God, to revere the Lord, to worship the Lord and to focus on God, not on man. That's why you should be here. For 6 hours, for 6 hours they stood, they they listened, they They worshiped God. They said amen and amen. They lifted their hands. And number five, the Bible says that everything was explained to them during that period. Verse 8 says that they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear, making it clear, giving meaning so that the people could understand what was actually being read. Oh, that's good. It's one thing just to hear the Word, but it's a whole other thing when you start to digest it and to truly understand what God's Word is saying. I hope, as you've been here the last couple of months, some of you had never read through the book of Nehemiah, that you're kind of seeing as we go through this process that there's a lot of good stuff in here that God put for our benefit. And you know that I I think that most people, when they come to this church, if they come on a regular basis, they're going to fall in love with this church. Because we teach the Word of God. And that's what people ultimately need and what they want. We get little comments. We have these little, we have these little questionnaires. What did, you, what did you notice about our church? And a lot of people put, the one thing I noticed about your church is that it's a racially diverse church. And I always like it when I see that. And sometimes they say, we notice that there were a lot of people. They don't say all. Oh. They say there's a lot of people very friendly at your church. Every once in a while, we'll get a comment of oh, unfriendly people. We get that comment from time to time. But the comment we get most is something along these lines. I came to that church, and I learned more in one Sunday than I've learned my entire life going to some other church. And I only say that to tell you that when I hear or see a comment like that, I know that we're on the right track. Because here at this church, we want to teach God's Word The last way they responded, write this down, it's in the text. They wept. They wept. You need to understand that that these people, they wept during this entire process. Look at verse 9. It says that Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all that this day is sacred to the Lord your God do not mourn or weep for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law you say well why why is that the reaction well if you've been here the whole study you would understand that these walls had been lying in ruin for 130 years the jews had been carried off into captivity they were in exile and after 130 years of this city being destroyed, the Jews were able, allowed to return. Nehemiah was part of this process of being allowed to return to Jerusalem to re- rebuild these walls, which were rebuilt in 52 days, the, the physical walls. But the story is not about the physical walls. You have to remember What was the cause? What was the cause for the captivity? What was the cause for the Jews having to be exiled to Babylon? What was the cause for the temple to be destroyed? What was the reason behind those walls being destroyed? And it was because the people of God had drifted from God and had drifted from God's Word was the cause of all that. So now that these walls have been rebuilt... And the very first thing they're doing is they're reinitiating this love and the commitment to the Word of God so that from sunrise to 12 o'clock noon for six hours, they read the Word line for line, word for word from 6 o'clock to 12 noon. They just read it and they listen to it and they fall to their knees and they worship tears streaming down their face as it is, is, is explained and as it's understood because they now know that they now have reconnected to that which caused all of that destruction to happen in the first place this is a sacred day this book is holy this book is powerful it is divine it is inspired it is anointed it is the very word of god and besides your salvation there is nothing in this world as important as god's word Just to review, there were six things on that list. They requested the word. They read the word. They were receptive to it. They had reverence for it. They responded to it. They stood. They listened. They raised their hands. Worshiped. The word was explained, and they wept. And it led to something. I don't want anyone here to miss. Or if you miss this, you've missed the whole story. You've missed the whole story. You don't think you have, but you've missed everything. If you miss this next point, write this down. They rediscovered joy. Nehemiah said in verse 10, it had been a long day. I want you to go and enjoy choice food. Go, go have a good meal. You ever had a, just a good meal? And have something sweet to drink like Dr. Pepper. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. And do not grieve. You don't need to keep crying for The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites, in verse 11, they had to calm all the people because everybody's, you know, he looked out, everybody's weeping, everybody's crying because they're remembering how this city was destroyed and why it was destroyed. And now they've reintroduced God's word and it was very emotional for them. And the Levites had to calm everybody down and say, do not grieve. This This is a good day. In verse 12, Then all the people went away to eat and to drink and to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. You know, the story of God in the Bible is really a story of redemption. Nehemiah, this book that we're studying, is a story of the grace of God. For after 130 years, maybe 150 years of exile, it was time by the grace of God to start over again in the city of Jerusalem. And it's all a story that says that no matter how far away you have ever drifted away from God, it's time to come home. It's time to recommit your life to the Word of God and to the will of God. Do you remember at the very start of this series two months ago, Nehemiah is in exile and he gets a report about what's happening back in Jerusalem after 130 years and they said that the walls are destroyed and then the report was, and the people are discouraged. They're living in disgrace. They're downhearted. They're depressed. But after this revival that takes place at the Watergate joy and celebration, which is really the result of revival, that when revival comes, joy is restored. You look at the United States of America. There are people who are living in fear. There are people who are living in depression right now. Everywhere you look, why? Well, we have drifted so far away from God. And we're depending upon the things of this world to bring joy which can never bring joy. And what this country needs is this story where God's people finally come back to the truth of God's Word, the importance of God's Word, the reverence for God's Word, and the end result of coming back to God is joy and peace. The likes the world has no idea Or cannot even relate to rediscovering joy. I don't want to tell you what happens a lot of times when people come to church the very first time. I see this, okay? They get mad. That's their first response. Who does that guy think he is up there saying these things? That's not not how I live my life. People come to church the first time and they get mad. Well, if they keep coming and they get past that emotion, They then become sad. No longer mad. Now they're sad because if you come and you listen week after week and you bring a Bible and you start reading, you start understanding that this is truth. This is correct. This is what's missing. And once you start looking at the Word... You start to realize how far away you have fallen and how far you've drifted and how little you measure up to this. And it's just kind of, it's like sad. It's like, yeah, that's true. And I'm not, I'm not living that way. I'm sad. But then when they understand that this is the truth of God's word and that God came to redeem mankind and that no matter how far you've drifted, that through the death of Jesus Christ, that he died on that cross for all of your sins and you come forward and you accept that as truth to be your Lord, and your Savior, you go from being mad to sad to glad. Some of you are like that. First time you came in here, you're upset. Then you kind of got used to it. And then you started realizing, hey, my life's jacked up. And now you're saved and you're the happiest person in the whole building here today. I see it over and over again. I want you to stand. I want us to quote this verse together. We're going to quote this verse together. Everybody stand. Let's say it together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen and amen. Father, we come to you today as a people who belong to a nation who no longer reveres your name. We no longer seek your face. We're not very humble. And we have chased after the things of this world. As a nation, we've taken you off the throne. And we've put ourselves on the throne. But Lord, our help, our help doesn't come from the hills. Our help comes from the maker of the hills. Help us not to put our trust in any government or in any man or in any party, but to put our trust in you. We know that you're the one that raises up nations and deposes them. God, we know that, that ultimately you are in control and we look to you in all things. Help this church right here to continue to be a church that worships you studies your word, seeks to raise up disciples of Jesus Christ and to lift up Jesus before a lost and dying world, bless our nation, bless every man and woman and boy and girl who's here. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said?
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
2: It's almost time for Revival 2022. This October 15th through 19th at Porter Ranch Campus. Join Pastor Dudley Rutherford for this special five-day event right here at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. You'll experience electrifying music, a powerful time of worship and relevant and timely preaching that is sure to uplift your soul. The city of Los Angeles needs the message of hope of Jesus Christ now more than ever. Invite your friends, family, and coworkers to this free event where everyone is welcome. Our guests will be best-selling author, CEO, and speaker, Dr. Rick Rigsby. Comedian, author, and speaker, Nazareth. Lead pastor of Mosaic Church, Erwin McManus. Best-selling author, Bob Goff. Miles McPherson, the lead pastor of Rock Church. And Jay John, an amazing speaker and author. You'll also enjoy some amazing worship experiences with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Israel Houghton and singer-songwriter Jesse LaBelle, as well as our very own Risen Choir. Don't miss this special five-day event at our Porter Ranch campus, October 15th through 19th. Our address is 19700 Rinaldi Street in Porter Ranch. Join us for Revival 2022 as we worship, learn about, and love on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Kyle Welch. We
1: invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.